0: Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Curisimi, continuing our conversation about Restaurant Week. And right now we're going to talk to another recipient of all the funds, not all the funds, 20% of the funds that are being gleaned off of these delicious meals that are happening at 138 different restaurants all across town. Lena Pope, right here with me as their CEO, Todd Landry. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, I'm glad that you're here. All right, so uh, we're going to do two things here, really, today. We're going to talk about Lena Pope. We're going to figure out what you guys do and where you're going. And we're also going to talk about your involvement with Restaurant Week. It's kicking off tomorrow. They had kind of a preview thing going this weekend, but kicks off in earnest tomorrow, and it goes until the 13th. It goes of-
1: until the 13th, and several restaurants are extending it until August 26th, so giving uh, all of our all of your listeners a great chance to get out there and try some more restaurants
0: excellent way to get acquainted with the restaurants in our city i'm not sure if people really equate dallas with being a restaurant city but the restaurant scene in dallas and fort worth is absolutely fantastic it's wonderful so you get to check out all these great restaurants and you absolutely get to help two great organizations the north texas food bank and you guys lena pope all right so let's talk about what you guys do so what is lena pope what do you guys do
1: well lena pope has been in the north texas community specifically based in fort worth for over 87 years And during that time, we have always specifically focused on children, youth, and their families. Now, 87 years ago, when Mrs. Pope herself, along with a group of ladies from the Martha Sunday School class at Broadway Baptist Church, uh, when they started the organization, it was a lot lot about helping abandoned children and widowed mothers and children. Those were those late Depression, early war years. And over the years, uh, certainly it was a number of things, but it was always about children and families. So whether it was about helping kids by having children's homes and orphanages or for a time period with foster care and adoption, it was always that focus around kids and families. And it was really born out of Mrs. Pope's grief. Mrs. Pope lost her young son, Comrade, at a very early age due to diphtheria. Mm. And it was because of that grief that she turned that into making our community a better place for children and families. So today's Lena Pope really focuses around prevention and early intervention because the research tells us that's the best way we can get the best outcomes for kids and families who are in need. And we do that primarily through a range of counseling and education programs that we can talk about.
0: I saw on your website, which is lenapope.org, that you guys really focus on hope, happiness, and success. That's kind of a, a three-pronged approach that you guys apply to, to really everything. How you achieve that is through education education. In counseling is there one that you would say you guys prefer over the other or is there one that's more of a focus for you guys
1: really not one necessarily more of a focus but I can tell you most of our recent growth has really been on the education side we've really focused on education as a preventative uh, as a foundational uh, uh, portion to really help kids uh, grow to their fullest potential. And our two big education programs are our early learning center for those really little kids, six-week-old to five-year-olds. And in addition to our early learning center, we also have a public charter school in South Fort Worth with 520 pre-K through fifth graders, Although just last month, we broke ground on an expansion that's going to take us up to eighth grade at the charter school.
0: Really? So on is it going to be at that same campus or have you guys uh, moved to somewhere else for that? Same
1: location. We're just adding on to that space. We're going to add the capacity for those sixth through eighth grades add a little bit more capacity for the younger grades. Uh, because while we're serving 520 kids there, we have over 400 kids on the wait list. So we certainly want to continue to meet the demand and need and desire of families to have their children there.
0: So, for that wait list, for somebody that wants to get their kid into that program, is it when a kid ages out? Do you, sometimes they just leave for other reasons? How does that wait list work?
1: Yeah, the wait list primarily works on an open enrollment lottery basis. So every year in January, we'll open up the lottery for and the application period for the, for the following school year. Anyone in a 13 school district attendance zone area around us there in Fort Worth can apply. Uh, and uh, once we take care of our existing students and their siblings, the remaining spots are drawn on a lottery basis Uh, on a purely chance basis to see who gets in. Unfortunately, there are more parents who want their children to be there, so we have to say no to a number of them, and that's why we have the wait list. But in the event that uh, one of our families moves or a child needs to withdraw for whatever reason, then we have the wait list and can offer that uh, position up up to the next person or student on that list.
0: The early education, which is called the Lena Pope Early Learning Center, which is probably your newest program, I think, right? It is our
1: newest program. We opened it in 2012 with about 45 two-and-a-half to five-year-olds. And then about three years ago, uh, as part of a capital campaign, we expanded that. So we now serve 114 six-week-old to five-year-olds there in Fort Worth.
0: And I've noticed that this is, I I think that for a lot of people, they would equate something like early education as being basically daycare, but this is not what you guys are trying to push. I saw that you guys have degreed teachers and uh, also another thing that you said, accredited standards and also low student to teacher rates. So what are we really focusing on to make sure that these kids are getting more than just Babysat all day.
1: Absolutely. It goes well beyond basic child care What we really know from the research the brain research over the past particularly couple of decades is that the greatest time for a child's Learning and brain development is when they're zero to three years old So why would we not want to take advantage of that great opportunity for a child? Uh, for a child's learning and brain development with the best research-based Uh, evidence-based tools to help that child reach their fullest potential. So that's why we do have degreed teachers in every classroom. That's why we have the lowest ratios uh, in the field. That's why we use a 30-plus year uh, research-tested and based curriculum, because we know that's what gets the best results for these kids, particularly kids who may be at risk or who are coming from families of lower income, lower socioeconomic strata.
0: What is the student-to-teacher ratio?
1: Student-to-teacher ratio for for infants is 1 to 4. For toddlers is 1 to 5. And for preschoolers, it's no more than 1 to 8. So we're talking about intensive, focused work with those kids. And it is designed for working families. We don't operate on a school calendar in that program. It is full year, and it is 6.30 in the morning until 6 at night, it's really about helping those working families get the very best care for their kids every day and helping those kids get the best start that they can for their lives.
0: Do a lot of the kids transfer from the Early Learning Academy at five years old into Chapel Hill Academy? The like, charter guess, is school? That- Car, uh, kindergarten?
1: It is. It would be kindergarten at that point. Most of them actually don't. We have actually have about a seven to 10 mile difference in locations. And so uh. For most families, that's not the best fit. That's not why we started that early learning program. It wasn't as a feeder into the charter school. So while a few may go to Chapel Hill Academy, for the most part, they're going to their neighborhood elementary schools. But the great news for all of us is when they leave us, we know over the past few years, 95 to 100 percent of those kids are kindergarten ready. They are assessed. They're absolutely ready to achieve in kindergarten. So they're hitting the front doors of those neighborhood kindergarten schools, ready to learn and ready to take advantage of what those kindergarten classrooms are going to teach them.
0: Over the last few years, you hear more and more about how important early learning is for kids. For people that aren't necessarily on board with that, they're saying, these kids are two years old. What are they going to learn? How can you teach a two-year-old to do anything other than to just make sure that they're happy and healthy and, and not getting into trouble? So for these people that are maybe skeptical or on the fence about this, what are we doing to make sure that these kids are really getting a good jump start on life and certainly on education?
1: Well, certainly a lot of times, I think, when we watch two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, and that age range, we see them playing. But what we don't realize is that they're learning. And what they learn at those early ages are basic skills that are going to be with them for the rest of their lives. We're talking about basic academic skills, about colors, number uh, recognition, uh, what we sometimes call phonological awareness. Those are the words and and how they hear words and language. One of the really interesting pieces of data that we have is that children from low-income families versus children from higher-income families will enter kindergarten with as much as a three-million-word gap in their vocabulary. Now, think about that for a moment that many words that a child recognizes or has heard in their lifetime versus those who have not and think about how much better those kids are going to be prepared again let's go back to the research the research is clear the greatest amount of brain growth that happens for any of us as human beings is when we're zero to three years old let's take advantage of that now it may look like play but dumb right it's learning, and it's preparing them for a solid foundation for future growth.
0: It, since this is going to be tied to, to families that are working, is the Early Learning Center, is that a year-long school year-type model, or, is, or are they off during the summers? Or do you it's have other programs long. that fill that gap?
1: It's a year-long program. So it is full year, except for major holidays. We're open every single weekday, and again, 6.30 in the morning to 6 at night, because we know working families need that consistent care for their kids, They want to make sure their children are in a safe place, and they want to make sure that their children are learning and getting ready to succeed in school and in life. Do you have
0: as many people trying to get into that program as you do the other academy?
1: We do, and that's one of the the challenges that we have. We have 114 six-week-old to five-year-olds in the Early Learning Center. We have over 300 kids on the wait list. So one of the things that we are looking for in the future is how can we expand our reach How can we expand our capacity so that we can serve more kids? Because one thing that I know for sure, been in this field for about 25 years, one thing I know for sure is every single parent I've ever met always wanted the very best for their kids. That's no matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter which neighborhood you live in. If you want what's best for your kids, you're going to do everything you can to get that for them, and that's part of what we're trying to provide at the Early Learning Center
0: as CEO of Lena Pope and also as an administrator of these schools to an extent how hard is it to 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 ride that line between wanting to include all these kids and families that want to be a part of the great programs you guys have at Lena Pope but also making sure that you don't overexpand and start diluting the good work that you guys are doing how do you how do you balance that
1: and it is a difficult balance it's something that we work with our board of directors on on a continual basis is is making sure that whenever we take that next step of growth that we are prepared for that from a variety of different factors, whether it be from a human resource perspective, a financial perspective, a facility perspective. We have to look at all of those different pieces and then make sure that you can sustain it. One thing that we don't do great uh, a great job of across the entire field and, and social services in particular is that we sometimes fall prey to an open and close mentality. We'll open something new for a few years and then funding runs out and we have to close it the worst thing that we think that you can do. We have to be able to sustain our programs and we have to be there for the long term because that's what our community and our families need.
0: Is that kind of the philosophy that you guys have really tried to instill in this organization because I know that you guys have made changes, you know, of course in 80 years, but certainly in the last few decades and that you guys have been just kind of tweaking and and making sure that this organization runs better. So is that that mentality really what is driving you guys into the future?
1: Absolutely. It's two real pieces that I would say drives us as we go forward. One is research and evidence. What does the research tell us gets the very best results? It's why even though we were doing a great job 20 years ago with foster care and adoption services, we shifted and focused more on prevention and early intervention activities and and programs. Why? because the research says that's the best way to help kids and families be successful. So research and evidence is the first piece. The second piece, as I said before, is sustainability. We're not gonna jump into something to do for a short amount of time. We're gonna make sure it's the right thing to do, and we're gonna make sure that we can sustain it for the long haul, because like I said, It does no good to families and kids if you're only there for a little while. You got to be there for the long term.
0: I do want to continue asking a couple of questions about the things that you guys are doing in education, but just because it's been brought up a lot, the research that you guys base all of your decisions off of, do you do that in-house or do you work with people that are doing this research to kind of understand what's going on in the field of education and, and just understanding the human mind, especially at a young age?
1: Right. We do not do, we're not necessarily a research institution. We partner with local universities, with national universities and researchers. We certainly uh, will work with them with the data and information that we we have on a number of different research studies, but we really are about practice. We really are about the services that help children and families be successful. So whether that's in the education side or in the counseling side, which is vitally important for many in our community, what we do is we wanna work with the researchers, learn from those researchers, and then put it into practice, put it into play, Get the boots on the ground and help those kids and families that need our services.
0: You're setting this up for the long run. You're you're paying attention to the research. You're gonna make sure that these kids have the best from basically birth until I guess we're pushing eighth grade now.
1: Well, absolutely. In our education program, we'll be going up to eighth grade, but in our counseling program, we serve uh, kids all the way through young adulthood. Our counseling program provides everything from play therapy for the very youngest children to regular cognitive therapy, what we call it, for teenagers and youth, all the way through to substance abuse treatment services for adolescents and, and young adults because we know that that entire age span has to be served in order to help get the best services and the best results for those families and kids as well.
0: Kind of a good transition into talking about the people that are working for Lena Pope. So I wanted to ask about the education side again, the teachers that you have working there. We're talking about degree teachers that are held to a very rigorous standard. Where are you recruiting these, these teachers from, and how do you know that they're a fit for Lena Pope?
1: Well, whether it be our teachers or our licensed master's degree counselors and therapists or any of the the staff that are working with our families and kids we we are always looking and recruiting for those new individuals fortunately because of our track record because of our history and because of our reputation most of our um staff come to us Uh, on referral because they know other staff that are working already with us. And so that word of mouth is certainly the best way that we can find those staff members. But we work with all of our local universities, uh, universities in the region, as well as to a certain degree nationally, to help find those best people who are best prepared to teach and to work with our kids and families. For the most part, we look for experience. Uh, We don't generally hire a lot of new teachers uh, straight out of school. We don't generally hire a lot of new therapists unless they have some significant amounts of experience because we find that that's what gets the best results for these kids.
0: Since you guys are so good at what you do, is it competitive or is there a waiting list to be an employee at Lena Pope just as as there is for students to try and to get into
1: it? well to a certain degree to a certain degree there is uh we do generally have uh, more applicants for our open positions than than the positions that we have available but part of that is our commitment to our staff uh, we're proud to say the last year we were one named one of the the the, the top nonprofit uh, nonprofit employer in in fort worth and tarrant county uh, we try to take care of our staff to the greatest degree possible we try to make sure we're paying competitive salaries And we offer a full range of benefits because just like any other employer, we got to compete for talent. And competing for talent means that uh, you you, uh, pay attention to those trends, you pay attention to compensation, and hopefully we do a great job in creating the climate and culture for our staff to be successful. Because here's the one thing I know. If our staff are successful, much more likely that the clients that they're serving are going to be successful as well.
0: trickle-down effect, because you don't hear a lot about that when you hear about Lena Pope. You're talking about the services that you're providing to children. You don't talk about how you make sure that your employees are doing well to make sure that they can service those kids. So you guys put a big premium on that. Is that something that you have really tried to work on as a CEO, or has that always been a part of Lena Pope?
1: I think it's always been a a philosophy and a standard at Lena Pope, something we've always shot for, uh, something our board pays... A lot of attention to. And so we certainly uh, have continued that during the past uh, several years where I've been with the organization. We really try to focus that we're on taking care of our employees to the greatest extent possible. Because like I said, we take care of them. Hopefully they'll be able to be in a better position to take care of our kids and families that we serve.
0: In regards to staff, how large of an organization are you guys between, you know, teachers, counselors, administration? How big are you guys?
1: We're about 180 full and part-time staff. Uh, so we're a, you know, what I would call most people would say a mid-size kind of corporate-size uh, organization. We have an annual budget of about $13 million a year. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, a big part of that budget is going out and raising money, just like through DFW Restaurant Week.
0: You're very good at this because I wanted to make a transition and talk a little bit more about the counseling. Before I do that, I wanted to talk about Restaurant Week. So let's do it right now. Restaurant Week happening tomorrow, starting off tomorrow, August 7th. And it's going to go to the 13th for sure for everybody involved, all 138 restaurants. But as you mentioned, it will extend to the 26th for certain restaurants. 20% of your meal will go to either Lena Pope or to the North Texas Food Bank. It's the 20th anniversary Of this uh, event they've raised seven and a half million dollars over the last 20 years the goal for this year is a million is this something that you look forward to every year do you enjoy this
1: yeah we certainly do it's a great way for us to uh, expand our mission through the fundraising aspect of course but it's a great way for us to partner with all of our local restaurants uh, that participate in restaurant week and help to spread the word about what we're doing at Lena Pope so that as diners come in there hopefully they will see that it's benefiting lena pope or in the dallas area the north texas food bank and hopefully that'll pique a little bit of curiosity maybe they'll go online to lenapope.org or go to ntfb.org learn more about the two great organizations that are fortunate beneficiaries of dfw restaurant week Uh, it's been a great success for us not only from the dollars raised but also from the awareness as well.
0: Do you have do you have this cash earmarked for for something? Do you know what you're going to do with this money that you make from Restaurant Week?
1: Yes, the two programs that the dollars raise from Restaurant Week will go directly to serving are our Counseling Program and our Early Learning Center. Those are two programs that, uh, very honestly, we run the largest deficits on mm. uh, because of the quality that we provide versus either the fee that is paid or the reimbursement that we receive. Uh, so those are our two biggest areas where we need to raise money to uh, to sustain and to grow, and so these dollars will go directly to one of those two programs.
0: In the previous segment, I spoke with the CEO of the NTFB, Trisha Cunningham, and I asked her about her restaurant week plan so are you are you gonna be restauranted out by the time this is over like do you have are, are you set up for a lot of dinners?
1: Well my wife jokes with me a lot of times this is the time of the year that we put the diet or any any oh, type yeah, of calorie counting is... to the side <laughs> uh, and so uh, just like everybody else out there this is a great time to put that aside to recognize that you're you're dining out at lots of great restaurants and uh, and while your may while your waistline may increase a little bit, your community is increasing a whole lot more through uh, by the beneficiary organization.
0: It's the most worthwhile tradeoff.
1: It, it really is. It's a you know it's hard to uh, it's hard to pass up going out to one <laughs> of these great restaurants at the same time knowing that dollars are coming back in the community. And so we've got a number of restaurants planned that we're looking forward to visiting uh, either again uh, or uh, or for the first time.
0: For information about Restaurant Week, you can find that at DFWRestaurantWeek.com. Once again, happening from August 7th through the 13th, possibly up through the 26th. I'm speaking with the CEO of Lena Pope, Todd Landry. Let's go back and and look at the counseling because we've, we've looked at the education side and now we really want to focus on the counseling. Now, this is an intense organization that you guys have because there's so many different arms and types of counseling and therapy that you guys offer what could people expect when they think about the counseling that they receive from lena pope do you guys have a focus
1: well our focus is really more from a philosophy perspective we really come at everything from a cognitive basis because we think if individuals are going to to change the best way to impact that change is cognitively, uh, through, through their brain, through their thinking. Uh, that's how we get the greatest change in our behaviors. And so we have a strong philosophical basis by that. So putting that aside, it, then it's much more about the clients that we serve. Uh, we're one of the largest uh, regional providers of counseling services for clients who are on Medicaid. Uh, We have a large number of referrals that come in from our CPS system for young victims of abuse and neglect. Uh, We have also a significant number of referrals that come in from pediatricians. They see that a child may need something. It goes far beyond just the medical aspect, the physical health aspect, and it goes into the mental health and emotional health aspect as well. And so that's where our referrals will come from. But whether it's those very littlest kids, that are victims sometimes of some type of trauma, and that could include abuse and neglect, whether it's working with those little kids with play therapy, we have a number of registered play therapists on staff, or as I said before, all the way up to young adults and into into their 20s and beyond with substance abuse treatment services. These are all the kind of services that we know, if done right, will certainly help those youth and their families have a much greater chance of success.
0: This organization is all about children, but you're also talking about therapies and counseling that is for adults. So is it largely kids that take part in the counseling and it's also offered to adults or is there maybe a surprising mix of both?
1: Yeah, sometimes it's a bit of a surprising mix. Uh, our focus is really on, on children and youth, but we never do it just from the per- perspective of those children and youth. It has to be done from the whole family perspective. So when we're working with a child or a youth, we're also working with their parents or their caregivers. Sometimes it's a grandparent that's taking care of their grandkids, or maybe it's a relative that's caring for a child. We work in the context of that entire family because we know that's the greatest way that we can get the best results for these kids.
0: I saw on the website again, which is org, two different types of in-home support. It was called in-home support. Explain to me what that is because it sounds like you have somebody it's going to homes to make sure that things are running the way that they should. Do I understand that correctly?
1: That's absolutely right. Many of our programs are what we would call in office, which you might think of as a traditional counseling office. Absolutely. Setting. Yeah. Uh, and we have offices not just in Fort Worth, but also in Arlington, Hearst, Weatherford and Granbury. So spanning that entire western part of the Metroplex, so to speak. But sometimes the services are provided in the home, so we also do a significant amount of work with Tarrant County Juvenile Services and the and the Texas Juvenile Justice Department. And in those situations, many times it's intensive in-home services, because in those situations, we're needing to work on a one-on-one basis in the environment that the child and the family's in, or the youth and the family's in, in order to create some of the change that's needed for them to be successful. So some of our programs definitely are in-home, some of them are in office, some of them are in school and community settings. The purpose and the focus really is, we wanna go wherever we can get the best results for those kids, and if that setting happens to be in our offices, great. If it needs to be in their home, That's what we'll do as well.
0: Just uh, on average, how much time would a counselor or therapist be spending at a person's home to make sure that they're they're helping them out?
1: In some cases, it might be uh, once or twice per week for an hour to an hour and a half per time. That service may go on for as long as two or three months, maybe even longer. Hmm. On average, most of the time, it's about eight weeks long in duration.
0: How do people find you guys as far as counseling services are concerned? How, how do the people that are a part of Lena Pope's counseling, how do they get that?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, most of our clients come to us from one of a few different referral sources. As I mentioned before, CPS is a significant referral source. Pediatricians are a very large referral source. Mm. And the third one is school counselors. School counselors who see that there's a need for a child or a family and it goes beyond their capabilities, uh, they will refer over to us for the intensive services that may be needed.
0: Now, uh, I saw that you guys have child family assessments uh, through Fort Worth ISD how does that work what do you guys do there
1: yeah with fort worth isd we have a great partnership with them fort worth isd is one of the leading districts in the state in opening what they call family resource centers so community-based centers where students from multiple schools uh, and their families can get services we have therapists i believe in all of the family resource centers so it can serve uh, to a certain degree as a one-stop shop uh, for those families and kids who may need those services Like I said before, our focus is on helping those kids and families. If that's in a family resource center, then that's great. That's where we'll be.
0: So you actually have Lena Pope uh, counselors in Fort Worth ISD, like they have their own office there? In
1: in those family resource centers, they have an office or a shared office where they actually see clients. makes it much easier for the kids and families. Like I said, it's closer. It's usually in their specific neighborhoods. It's usually close to their home. It's in a familiar surrounding to them, and that's great. That helps uh, everyone.
0: So, for a lot of these these services that you're providing, you're you're talking about really understanding their whole environment, where they go to school, where they live, uh, how the parents are doing and what they're doing. Does Lena Pope offer sort of an assessment to families that that feel maybe they're in danger or that other people have noticed that there's maybe not something going quite right there? Is that how you start this process?
1: The very first thing that we almost always do is some kind of an assessment. So, you know, using counseling for an example, the very first time they come in, we'll do a comprehensive assessment for the child as well as the entire family because you have to identify where the problem areas or where the challenges may be in order to target the intervention to best meet those needs. It's not a one size fit all. Every one of our kids is different. Every one of our families is different. We're there to help them be successful, whatever those challenges may be.
0: As far as helping parents again, I saw that you do offer parenting support. Is it parenting support or just understanding what it means to be a parent? What do you guys do as far as helping adults be parents?
1: Well, most of what we do is working with them one on one in the context of their child. We don't do generic, you know, large scale parenting classes. Other entities in the community do that kind of basic kind of level of parenting. Mm -hmm. We're really there more from an intensive purpose. And so when there's a specific situation going on, a child, like I said, we'll work with the child, but you got to do it in the context of the family. Because unless you're helping that whole family be successful, the child's not going to be successful either. We've got a great saying that we sometimes say in our in our education programs. No child, no child can be as successful as they can be unless their family is successful at home. That's a philosophy that we have in every one of our programs.
0: It seems super specialized. You're offering so many different things as far as education, counseling, therapies, but it none of it seems to be a painting with the broad brush like you're saying it's you target this you know you're going to jane's house to help jane's family it's very specific is this what the real strength is behind lena pope
1: i think it's a big critical uh, success factor for us Uh, we don't paint with a broad brush as you as you point out we're not interested in serving hundreds of thousands of individuals and doing what we sometimes hear called a light touch what we're much more focused on are those families who are most at risk who are most in need of intensive services, and we tailor our services to them. So whether that's in our counseling program, or really whether it's in our education programs, uh, we have one charter school site, we have one early learning center site, and while we may and will probably continue to grow those, we recognize that the best way to get the best services or best outcomes for these kids and families is through a targeted approach that really serves each child and each family on an individualized basis.
0: Restaurant week is not the only thing you guys have coming up. You have a golf tournament on the way, November 3rd, over at the new Rockwood Golf Course. In Fort Worth. Uh, what do you guys got planned? What are you guys doing on November 3rd?
1: Well, our golf tournament is a great event each year. Uh, it's our golf classic, as we call it. Uh, this year, it's going to be at the redesigned and renovated Rockwood Golf Course, historic golf course there in Fort Worth. We've got some really interesting, unique aspects about that tournament. Uh, you know, One of the things that's always fun is we have food on the course, and yeah. so we have some of our great restaurants also partner with us there and offer uh, wonderful food on the course as the golfers are going by, and we partner with uh, other uh, other ent- ent- entities and other organizations that have some unique aspects. One of the fun things I'll tell you that we do every year is we deliver in the afternoon to all those golfers personally to their carts as they're going around the course some nice warm cookies to kind of get them through the afternoon. So again, it is that personal touch, whether it's in our <laughs> fundraisers exactly. or whether it's in our services and counseling and education the personal touch is what we try. Well, to Well, you've got for. your work
0: cut out for you between Restaurant Week and, and food on the golf course. You're going to have to watch that waistline to make sure you we're don't blow have to up be too a much. little careful. That's right. <laughs> you
1: gotta, we got to be a little bit careful about what we do when we're not eating at the uh, restaurants or, or having some fun on the golf course.
0: Restaurant Week starting up tomorrow, August 7th, going until the 13th, and even until the 26th. 138 restaurants from around the Metroplex are taking part of this. 20% of your meals bill will be going to either Lena Pope or the NTFB. For more information about it, hit up DFWrestaurantWeek.com. Todd Landry is the CEO of Lena Pope. Their website, lenapope.org. I really want to thank you for your time today.
1: Well, you bet. I do want to say a big thank you to CBS Radio, to Metroplex Cadillac dealers, to Calloway's Nurseries, all the sponsors. Over the past 20 years, over 60,000 children and families have, been, have benefited because of DFW Restaurant Week. That wouldn't have happened with all those restaurants. It wouldn't have happened with all our sponsors. And it wouldn't happen with all your listeners going out and having a great time dining at these places. Well,
0: here's to another successful 20 years. Once again, Todd Landry of Lena Pope. Thank you again. You bet.